woke up with a really bad headache. I couldn't think or talk. I just, all I could think was my head hurt so bad. And it being Sunday morning, we were getting up and getting ready for church and we had a two month old baby and I was trying to get him ready and get myself ready. And as the morning went on, I lost my ability to use my hand and I, I couldn't walk. And the whole time my husband's like, I think we should go to the doctor, you don't look right. They sent me via ambulance to another city several hours away and where I slept in the rehab center. And in the hospital, my husband and my son and my mom all stayed in my room with me. At rehab, they were not allowed to be in there. I was just by myself and I did not like that at all. And so they said, when you can do this, this and this, you can leave rehab. And so I said, well, I'm gonna do all those things in one week. My son and I are very close. So I don't think long-term it damaged our relationship at all. If anything, I think it might have been a bond that he was able to see, hey, I need to be careful and gentle with my mom. I need to take care of her, you know, because I'm not just some normal mom. I, I have some problems. And so I think he, that's helped shape him to be the teenager that he is now. I think finding the support group was amazing and it kind of just fell into my lap. I, I didn't think, oh, I need to go find a support group, you know, because that wasn't me. And so, but um, it was a really big blessing in my life. And so my advice to a, a stroke survivor would be to find a support group, even if you don't think you need one, because even just go with the mindset of being a blessing to them and, and you, will, you will get a blessing back. This is Stroke Stories. I'm Mark Goodyear. In America, someone suffers a stroke every 40 seconds. In 2016, every one in 19 deaths in the US was caused by stroke. It's a leading cause of disability around the world, but patients still find it difficult to access the resources they need while they recover. So we started Stroke Stories, the podcast, to seek out and to hear from stroke survivors. In this episode, we'll hear from Jessica Fortenberry from Alabama, who suffered a stroke at the age of 21. My life was normal. I was 21 when my when I had my stroke. So I had just graduated high school and gone to college and met my husband and I had just had a baby. And so I was trying to find a new normal being a wife and mother when my stroke happened. So it was a pretty good time for my stroke to happen because I was already in transition. A couple of years ago, I was telling somebody about my stroke and my husband was standing there and he kept interrupting me and saying, that didn't happen. No, that didn't happen. I don't know where these memories came from, but it didn't happen the way I thought. He sat down and told me and I would ask him questions. I'd say, so where was I when this happened? And he, he would say, oh, that was a, a checkup that we went to a, a year later. And I get all the memories all mixed up. Sunday morning, early, about five o'clock in the morning, I woke up with a really bad headache. I couldn't think or talk. I just, all I could think was my head hurt so bad. And it being Sunday morning, we were getting up and getting ready for church. And we had a two month old baby and I was trying to get him ready and get myself ready. And as the morning went on, 
I lost my ability to use my hand and I, I couldn't walk. And the whole time my husband's like, I think we should go to the doctor. You don't look right. And I'm just like, I'm fine. I'm fine. We don't have insurance. We can't afford a doctor. I'm fine. And about 930, he looked at me and he said, all right, we're going to the doctor. And he just loaded us up and uh, we dropped off our son at the church and we went to the hospital and the emergency room, it being Sunday, we just had to sign in and give our symptoms. I didn't know I was having stroke because to me, my head was hurting and that was all. So we wrote down that I was having a really bad headache and, you know, the lady comes out and looks through the box of everyone's symptoms and she decides which one sounds the worst and calls that person first. And so several people went before me and then they came out to sit down some more. And I was like, man, I'm never going to see the doctor. When she finally called me back, she took one look at me and sent me right back to a bed. They called an ambulance and had me taken to a bigger hospital right away. And I remember before we went to the bigger hospital, I'm laying in the bed and I'm looking up at my husband and, and he is not an emotional person at all. And he's crying. And I think, oh, great, I'm going to die because why else would he be crying? <laughs> I go to the hospital, other hospital and they do a bunch of tests and they know I'm having a stroke, but they don't know why. MRI, CAT scan, you know, EEG, EKG, they do, they do all the tests. And eventually, about three or four days later, they find a steroid that makes the swelling go down in my head so it stops hurting. And then they keep me for a week and I go to rehab and they never told me why I had my stroke. They had no idea. I had never had a migraine before in my life. So I didn't know what those felt like. I couldn't really think I was pounding on my head with my hand because it hurt so bad. It felt like there was something inside there. And if I hit my head hard enough, I could open my head and it could come out. And that's all I could think of. And so I don't know if my husband suspected anything. I didn't even really pay attention to the fact that I couldn't walk or use my arm as well. Looking back, I mean, that should have been a very huge red flag. Jessica was sent to rehab, but found herself wanting to be back with her family as quickly as possible. They sent me via ambulance to another city several hours away and where I slept in the rehab center. And in the hospital, my husband and my son and my mom all stayed in my room with me. At rehab, they were not allowed to be in there. I was just by myself. And I did not like that at all. And so they said, when you can do this, this, and this, you can leave rehab. And so I said, well, I'm going to do all those things in one week. And nobody really believed me because nobody goes to rehab after a stroke for only one week. But I refused to, I had had a little bit of rehab at the hospital, but not very much. But I refused to be in a wheelchair at rehab at all because I knew if I did, I would become comfortable and I didn't want to be comfortable. So I really pushed myself hard and convinced them that I could take care of myself and my baby. And my husband had the summer off his job. He was a teacher, so he had the summer off and it was perfect timing. He was able to stay home and continue helping me and taking care of us for several months before he had to go back to work. Oh, I only had official therapy for the one week that I was in rehab. 
And then I went home and I did not have in-home therapy. We didn't have Facebook at the time. So, you know, I didn't have a lot of friends around me saying, oh, you should do this and you should do that and look up that. And, and so I just kind of, you know, bumbled through. And since then, in the past five or six years, I've looked up stuff, how to work on certain things and that I've done just by myself, but no official therapy of any sort. We lived in the mountains of North Carolina, and so there wasn't really anything around. We have since moved to Alabama, and I was in a very minor car accident about three or four years ago, and my head started hurting really bad. And so my husband said, oh, we need to go to the doctor to get this checked out. And they did a scan and they found out why I had my stroke. And I have an AVM, which is similar to an aneurysm. It's a tangle of blood vessels and, and the blood vessels ruptured and caused a stroke. And when I found that out, I went online and I found some AVM slash aneurysm support groups and I joined one. And that was very helpful so much information that I could have used 13 years ago. I'm glad I found them. Jessica was also able to find a supportive community online. Just being able to share bits and pieces of my story, reminding people that I, I'm 34 and I forget things like a 60 year old. And I get all the time, I get people saying, oh, you're too young for that. You're too young for that. And I think, well, I am, but I have brain damage. And being able to keep reminding people, not not by saying I have brain damage, but but by sharing bits and pieces. June is aphasia awareness month, and so I've shared about that. It's so nice for me when I'm talking to people now in real life, and I say something, and somebody walks past and is like, "Oh, you're too young for that," and the person I'm talking to says, "Oh no, she's not. She has brain damage because she had a stroke," and I just feel like, oh. Thank you so much. You know who I am and I, I feel heard. Through the Facebook group that I joined, we had a, a getaway a couple years ago and I went out of my comfort zone, but I went and I connected with a lady who lives in uh, South Carolina. So, so too far from me to visit her, uh, you know, unless I'm going just for a trip. But we talk on Facebook a lot and I think she had an aneurysm. But uh, she also had a stroke and her story is similar to mine. And it's been encouraging for me to help her in certain areas. And she's been able to help me in certain areas. So it's really nice. Although Jessica was recovering well, her stroke got between her and her young son, William. Probably for two or three months, I didn't hold him. I didn't feed him or change him very much at all. I didn't feel any bonding at all because I didn't want to drop him. And so I didn't trust myself to hold him. And my husband was there anyway. So I just let him take care of him. So I really think that it was sad that I wasn't able to do all that. You know, as the years have gone on, my son and I are very close. So I don't think long term, it damaged our relationship at all. If anything, I think it might have been a bond that he was able to see, hey, I need to be careful and gentle with my mom. I need to take care of her, you know, because 
I'm not just some normal mom. I, I have some problems. And so I think he, that's helped shape him to be the teenager that he is now. Every year on his birthday, I tell him the story of his birth. And so every year on my stroke anniversary, I tell him the story of my stroke. And, you know, we just add more details as the years go on. But it's just always been part of our lives. Jessica's stroke threatened to disrupt her and her young family, but she embraced life after the stroke and was able to find a supportive online community to help her recovery. Still to come on Stroke Stories, Jessica shares her wish for greater awareness around stroke. I would like to see National AVM Month in America. There's there's an unofficial month, but the states don't actually recognize it yet, and so... I would like to get at least Alabama to recognize uh, officially AVM month. And how her stroke left her future uncertain. All of my doctors told me that if I got pregnant and had another baby, I could have another stroke and it could be worse and I wouldn't recover and then I'd have two kids that I couldn't take care of. And they really scared me bad. And so they said that I shouldn't ever have any more kids. And so I haven't. I was a little bit bitter about that for a while. Let's hear how the stroke affected Jessica's relationship with her best friend. I was going to be in her wedding later that year, and she came to me in rehab and she said, so no worries, but you're not in my wedding anymore. And you can still come if you want. So, I mean, I did. We were best friends in high school. And she was in my wedding and I was going to be in hers. And she really just no really no support she really just acted like I had the plague or something and um I went to her wedding and she was really mean and cutting me down at every opportunity and we haven't really spoken since but everyone else has really encouraged me to continue working on my problems and always there for me and understanding my problems my family has been great I feel really bad for my husband. You know, the in sickness part came a lot sooner than the in health part did, but he's stuck by me and really just been amazing. I've always been really quiet and introverted my whole life. And so after my stroke, I was still quiet and introverted. And for a while, I thought, you know, why me? Why? This is horrible. But as the years go past, I've seen more and more good things that have come from it. And so it's kind of like, well, I mean, why not me? All these amazing things have happened. So it's just part of life. <laughs> There's a little girl in my church who about five years ago, she had an AVF rupture and hers didn't cause a stroke, but it was very scary. And I was able to talk to the parents and the grandparents and, and they were able to see, you know, Somebody who had the exact same thing as their daughter, who's alive and, you know, for the most part, fine. And I think it was a really relief to them to see, you know, this isn't a death sentence. And yes, life will be different, but different doesn't need to be bad different. So I really think just being able to reach out. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't been through that already. Jessica has made great progress, but wishes she had greater access to at-home physiotherapy. 
I remember multiple times trying to fix supper. I would just drop my plate and it would break and the food would go everywhere. And I would just think this shouldn't happen. You know, this was like a full year after my stroke. I've heard stories of other people who had in-home care and the nurse was able to see problems like that and say, okay, you need to do this instead and, and how helpful that was for them. And so I think if I had even just, you know, once a week for a couple of months, I think that would have helped a lot. I think at the very beginning of my recovery, I think it would have been overwhelming too much at once. Um, but probably about th- maybe three or four years after my stroke, I think that would have been a really good time to have a support group because everything was settled down. My physical and mental condition were pretty much stable at, at that point. So I wasn't still trying to learn who I was anymore, you know. I think having a support group about that time would have been really nice. I didn't have one until about 10 years after my stroke. And so many things, I was like, oh man, I wish I knew this seven years ago. (laughs) But it is what it is. I would like to see National AVM Month in America. There's, There's an unofficial month, but the states don't actually recognize it yet. And so I would like to get at least Alabama to recognize uh, officially AVM month. And last year I wrote some letters to some elected officials, you know, trying to, trying to get that, but I didn't, I didn't really concentrate hard on it. I'm hoping to do that more this year. Jessica also thinks that the stroke has had a positive impact on her as a person. There's definitely still pieces of the old me. I had a really bad high school experience. And so if everything from high school, everything that I was in high school were to go away, I would be totally fine with that. There are still some pieces of that left over. But I think I'm a better person now. I'm definitely much more compassionate now than I used to be. I don't worry as much. I have anxiety. But I don't just sit here and think, oh, man, what, what, what if this happens? And what if that happens? I just, um, like I used to, and just running scenarios over my head, I just realized, you know, what's going to happen is going to happen. And I can't control that. I do have, like, just the f- feeling of a weight on my chest, you know, the anxiety feelings. But, but I don't have the anxiety thoughts a- anymore. So I think the past is the past. One huge thing side effect of my stroke was since it had happened so soon after my son was born, all of my doctors told me that if I got pregnant and had another baby, I could have another stroke and it could be worse and I wouldn't recover. And then I'd have two kids that I couldn't take care of. And they really scared me bad. And so they said that I shouldn't ever have any more kids. And so I haven't. I was a little bit bitter about that for a while because you know, they didn't know why I had my stroke. And if they if they could have figured that out, you know, or was my thoughts. But then when I did find out why I had my stroke, yes, the AVM, it ruptured. And, and I do believe it ruptured because of all the hormonal changes. So if I have another baby, I believe that it would definitely rupture again and, and it would be worse. And so looking back, I think, you know, God knew what he was doing. I'm writing a book. 
about a little girl who has an AVM rupture and stroke, and I'm going to be writing my story through her. So I'm really excited about that. I've written a couple blog posts before about my stroke, but nothing so grand as a story about it. Um, so I'm excited about that. My brother moved in with us in January, and so I've spent a lot of time rekindling our relationship and getting to know him again. We had been apart for about 13 or 14 years, so that's, that's been nice to get to know him again. And so I've been spending a lot of time with him. And finally, here's Jessica's advice for the loved ones of stroke survivors. Be patient and to have an open mind. I've noticed that a lot with my husband. Sometimes I say things and I don't even know what I'm saying. He doesn't ever get mad if I say the same thing. Uh, he doesn't ever get mad if I, if I don't say anything. So just his patience has been my rock. And I would encourage anyone caring for it really anyone with any type of problem, period. Patience is, is a huge thing. I think finding the support group was amazing and it kind of just fell into my lap. I, I didn't think, oh, I need to go find a support group, you know, because that wasn't me. And so, but um, it was a really big blessing in my life. And so my advice to a, a stroke survivor would be to find a support group, even if you don't think you need one, because even just go with the mindset of being a blessing to them and, and you, will, you will get a blessing back. Jessica has been on an inspirational journey. After her stroke, she worked hard at home to regain her mobility and is now focused on spreading awareness of stroke in America. If you'd like to learn more about stroke, please search for the Stroke Association online and search for NHS Stroke if you'd like a dedicated webpage. And please remember to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and rate and comment on the episodes you hear, because that'll help us spread the word. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening.